Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up and sharing something we've really enjoyed recently that's helped us to grow. This could be a podcast episode, it could be a book, a TV show, or maybe something else entirely. And then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant to the things that are going on right now. These are often quite big topics and they can be quite intimidating things to discuss, but we think it's really important that we start shedding light on these topics and these conversations because they're impacting a lot of us. If you enjoy this episode, please don't forget to hit subscribe, leave us a lovely five-star review, please, because it makes a huge difference. And don't forget, you can always get in touch with the details in the show notes. So good morning, my love. How are you doing? It's bright and early and I'm watching the most stunning sunrise. I was going to say it's so bright and early that it's not actually that bright because there's not really much of a sunrise here. But I feel like this is the earliest we've ever recorded the podcast. No, there was a time we recorded at 5am back in the day when you were in Australia and I was still commuting. Oh, yeah. It was like the middle of winter. Um, I'm really conflicted because... It's stunning this morning. Like the sky is super turquoise. The clouds all look completely fluorescent. There are planes taking off. Like, but the flip side of it means that we really are losing daylight. Today is the first time I've woken up and I'm like, oh no, it's not really light. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did think that like very sad to see that it's 6am and it's not actually that light anymore. But oh, no. I did... I opened some birthday presents early. Um, and I know. I got a Lumi clock and I actually think it's changed my life. <gasps> oh my God. I love my Lumi clock so much. I did not expect it to work as well as it does. The first time I used it, I thought like maybe it was just a fluke. But no, I've used it a couple more times. I I, I wake up before the alarm even goes off. Like yeah. the light has woken me naturally and it's just what I want from waking up in the morning yeah like don't get me wrong it still hurts if you have to get up really early but it's just such a more gentle way to wake up Mm -hmm. oh my god yeah I actually can't believe the difference so I'm looking for well I say I'm looking forward to that it will make winter a little bit easier I think I hope yeah I've I found it's really nice to then like get if you get up and you're like a bit early than you need to be, you can then like sit in the room a bit and you can like have a cup of tea or coffee in bed or whatever. It just makes it feel like a slightly better experience than when it's mm-hmm. freezing cold, hammering down with rain and all that jazz. Although I am so excited to start wearing boots again. I can't even tell you. <laughs> like I wore a pair of boots yesterday for the first time in a long time. Now, granted, it was far too hot. I wore knitwear and a pair of boots oh my for God. barbecue because in the morning it looked cold and it just wasn't. I was absolutely roasting. At one point, Alex's mum had to like pat my back down because I was sweating so much. So that was lovely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I say I'm close with my in-laws, I'm not joking. Um, but being able to put on a jumper and some boots was divine. What I love is that we've recorded two episodes so far and we've recorded them both in August and both times we've spoken about looking forward to autumn and winter. I know, but I think it's just we're not we're not made for it here. And like don't get me wrong, I wish it was bright and sunny all year round. But yeah, I'm not I'm not looking forward to the rain. <laughs> Yeah, 
that is the worst part i'm actually thinking about getting some wellington boots what do you mean thinking about it have you never owned wellington boots well i did when i was a kid when i was like 10 but not as an adult oh my god okay well, i have no use for them i don't have a dog yeah, but you can wear them like out walking and stuff and yeah i'm what? surprised oh no I have Do you like, ever go like walking in fields and it's just really muddy, like too muddy for hiking boots and stuff? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, that, in hindsight, that was a stupid question. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I have hiking boots. I like going out for a walk in the winter, but not like to a point where it's muddy. But I'm dog sitting next week, and I, I've looked at the forecast, and it's like thunderstorms every day, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. And I can't help but feel like Alex and my dad have plotted to get me off of this. I want a dog mentality. So they're just like, right, we'll get her to dog sit for a week and we'll make sure it's torrential rain. (laughs) (laughs) See what it's really like. (laughs) You want to do it when it's like 10 degrees and pouring with rain and dark outside, then you'll want a dog. Um, But my plan is actually to educate the floof in um the classic autumn movies that she won't have been exposed to i'm thinking like devil West prada when harry met sally all classics <laughs> i feel like you might be in with a bit of a shock i'm not sure a dog is gonna sit through that many classics oh no she's gonna love it she's gonna absolutely love it i'll give her a carrot and she'll be a happy girl <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anyway <laughs> um I can't believe you're heading back tomorrow. It feels like it's come around so quickly. It feels like you've just got back to the UK. I know. It is mad. Although when this goes out, we'll have left like a week ago because we are recording a week in advance. Um, But yeah, I leave to go back to Croatia tomorrow, which, yeah, I can't believe how fast the last, it's been over a month actually, but how fast that's gone. It, Yeah, it's mad. But um. Yeah, all of the usual fun, trying to pack the day before. Classic. Of course. I just I think, think it's so hard to pack. Like, how can yeah. you have possibly pack in advance? You still need half the stuff and it's got to go in the car. Exactly. Back, so I was going to say, I think it's, it's a myth that you can pack that far in advance because you can't actually have everything you need in your car because you need your car in the meantime. And mm-hmm. I always find if I pack in, if I start packing and then I finish packing a few days later, that's when I forget stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I need to Absolutely. be in the zone. So, yeah, fun times. But no, it'll be nice to be back. I am looking forward to it. A little bit more heat, but not as hot as it was before. Yeah. Quite excited and for a that. little bit more, a little bit more sunshine as well. Do you want to share your recommendation this week? Yes. Yeah, so I've got a TV show and it is like a hug in a TV show. It's the best way to describe <laughs> it. It's Freddie Flintoff's Field of Dreams on BBC iPlayer. Did you ever catch up with it and watch it? No, I didn't. You've got to watch it before you leave because it's a bit of you. So Freddie Flintoff is in The Cricketer. Um, He basically wants to bring cricket to his hometown in Lancashire, a place where there are very high levels of poverty and deprivation, where the local kids just wouldn't have access to a sport like cricket, which is so heavily associated with um, having a lot of money and kind of a more elite status and needing access to clubs. And also the equipment for cricket is extortionately expensive, which I hadn't realised. And so he's like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to set up this cricket team and 
it, he goes with quite like humble ideas of like let's just do it it'll be fun and very very quickly he's kind of confronted with the reality of trying to help these young people and how it's it, it's not that it's a pipe dream but how it's a really lovely idea but the reality of doing something like that is so difficult most of them haven't even heard of cricket and if they have they're like oh that's a posh boys game like I, I have no interest in it but over the course of the three episodes it's just the most heartwarming show because he develops some really great bonds with a couple of the guys you see these young lads grow over the course of like a year um and it really does highlight a lot of social issues and raise awareness to a lot of things I think we just don't necessarily either pay attention to or think about a lot um it is one of the most heartwarming shows I've watched in a really long time it made me feel quite emotional at the end um which I say is, though, that's a shock. I feel like like nowadays you and I just cry everything. But back in the day, <laughs> we would be shocked at this. So um, true. But it's just, it, it was just such a wonderful, heartwarming show. It's on iPlayer. Very easy watch. But I think it's one that um, a lot of people would really enjoy, even if you aren't a fan of cricket. Like, it isn't a crickety show. It's just so happens that's the backdrop of it. That's so interesting, because that is such a massive kind of socio-economic gap in sport that most people just don't even think about especially because like football is obviously like mm. the UK sport and it like oh everyone plays football or everyone has football at school or you or you kick around in the park at the weekend like there's just that assumption but actually access to other sports yeah it's that's really interesting I need to give that a watch it's exactly that like there is such a there's such an economic gap there and it's not one I'd ever really thought about partly because I'm not a particularly like sporty person I didn't play sports growing up but it really identifies like the importance of sport as a piece of like work within the community and having and allowing these guys to build really positive relationships positive role models um Mm. and I hadn't really thought of sport in that context before but it it was really fascinating and just a very lovely, cosy watch. We've actually been to see the, um, there's a kind of new form of cricket, the 100. It's basically like an even shorter version than T20. And I do feel like there's actually a fair amount being done to change that kind of perception mm. of cricket. Like the 100 is so much shorter. They're not wearing cricket whites. It's very accessible. Tickets are cheaper. Like we we went and there was, it was actually amazing to see like, how many young lads were there with like their mums and dads like it was a real family event and oh nice I think that's yeah that's really interesting as well that kind of it's happened at the same time or a similar time I really agree I love the democratization of sports so here um I'd really recommend it if you are looking for something to watch what's your recommendation so my recommendation is a podcast and it's called money unfiltered and it's so I originally discovered it because I follow um so Ellie who's one of the two girls that run it it's run by Ellie and Victoria and she also runs an Instagram called this girl talks money um which yeah I follow yeah followed her account on Instagram for ages and I started listening to her podcast recently because she did an episode um which was uh with Zana Van Dyke and it was titled, oh, I can't remember the exact title, but it was basically 
like starting a business as a founder and having no clue because I didn't realize that Zana has started three different businesses now that she has a uh eco swimwear brand and she's also recently started a uh like financial business called Thrive Money because she started this swimwear business with her friend and had absolutely no clue what they were doing. They didn't know that they could raise. They didn't know how it was supposed to work. They didn't have an accountant. They didn't have a financial advisor. They both just put in five grand of their savings because they thought that was how everyone like started a business. And anyway, she it worked out for her, but she's like, there's this massive gap in the market. Why are we convinced through online marketing to spend money on fitness plans and health supplements? But our financial health is just as important. And we're never shown the importance of investing in our financial health, Um, especially when your finances, obviously, and it's so relevant right now, but your finances affect your health, your stress levels, your sleep, your relationships, money has such an impact. So she's actually worked with the financial advisors that she eventually found to create Thrive Money, which is basically like a free access platform to help people who would not otherwise have the financial means to access a financial advisor. Um, so that's just that specific episode. But then I went through and listened to Lowe's, like they've got an episode on their perceptions of money in their 20, like at 20 versus 30, because they're both 30 now. Um, but just in general, the podcast has really helpful and insightful conversations about money and kind of addressing how money is often seen as a taboo topic but the podcast is having those conversations that we're usually afraid Mm. to ask and discuss and what I like is that yes it's covering those topics about earning and savings careers and like shared finances shared finances making financial decisions about money but it's also addressing things that like some stuff I hadn't even considered like the cost of being single how much more expensive it is to be single Mm. she addresses a lot and on her Instagram as well but financial privilege and things that you don't realize are a privilege that you had growing up. Like maybe if your parents helped you set up an ISA when you were younger or something like that, or if you were given pocket money and taught how to save, like even if it was a couple of pounds a week, like that was privilege because you were given some sort of concept of money early on. Like it's just really interesting conversations, loads of advice, um, but also really relatable because they are coming from a position of, we didn't have a clue either. And it's learning as you're going and, yeah, I think it's a really interesting and really helpful resource for people and her Instagram is as well. I love that because I think it's, I mean, it's something we've spoken about so frequently, isn't it? That um, we need to open up more conversations around money more now more than ever, I think, mm. and stop carrying around this kind of generational weight that we have where we feel that we can't talk about money and, you know, we can't ask for help and can't understand it like I think I can't really think of anything else within our society where we assume that people have the answers and know something without a conversation about it but it's such a complex issue Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's not like obviously there's more resources now than there ever have been but that you know and there's also a lot of fear like if you google how to save money you're probably also going to get a load of dodgy sponsored ads come up being how to make money quickly or, Mm. you know, it's not how do you verify those sources? So to have a place that you can go to that has information on all of those things broken down in a really accessible way, that's a really helpful tool for so many of us. Mm -hmm. And definitely check out uh, Zana Van Dyke's Thrive Money as well, because I looked at that after listening to her episode. Um, 
and again breaks things down really really helpfully um yeah i think that's potentially a really great like growing resource that people should be aware of for sure i think that's been a really helpful platform not only for like information for me but also challenging ideas i have Mm -hmm. so worth checking out so this week's topic is all about self-sabotage it's about self-sabotage and the unhealthy habits that allow us to do that i think we often assume self-sabotage is a very um active process maybe it's that you are focusing on your health and you want to eat better but then you then like have a piece of cake or you don't go to the gym or you don't get a good night's sleep but I think it's so much more than that it's the subtle ways that you essentially aren't on your own team you aren't gearing yourself up for success it's saying you want an early night and scrolling on your phone in bed because scrolling on social media is relaxing right but actually it's a distraction it's engaging it's the blue light that keeps you awake and therefore you go to sleep later than you'd planned more wired than you would have been and your quality of sleep's affected it's those micro things that add up to become unhealthy habits and ways of just functioning that aren't really optimal if you want to live a happy healthy and like optimized life and so we want to have a conversation about self-sabotage because it's something so many of us are guilty of but it's not always something that it's very comfortable to talk about because it feels very kind of exposing to admit that you self-sabotage because you know I think it's a conversation that's being had more but to admit it means you also have to address it and that part is really hard yeah I think if you're not 100% like sure what self-sabotage is it's basically when you're like undermining or deliberately hindering your own success or well-being um, by undermining your personal goals or your value or your values and that could be like physically mentally emotionally and I think you're right like a lot of the time it's so hard to recognize. And I think that's because also we don't, most of us aren't deliberately like consciously sabotaging ourselves. Like we would probably be able to stop ourselves more. And that's why it's so hard to recognize because often it is, it is an unconscious thing, like picking up your phone. You don't even, it's that, I mean, it's, it's a habit and it's an unhealthy habit. And I think that's what so much of self-sabotage is. It's underpinned by those unhealthy habits, which we don't, instantly see as harmful in the moment but it's the impact that it's having in the longer term because self-sabotage ultimately is you harming yourself in some way towards your future goals or your values or whatever it might be so while it might seem like a very small action at the time it's something that ultimately is having a much bigger impact on yourself whether that is physically mentally or emotionally Mm. I think it's a, it's one of those things that really compounds. So mm. if you scroll on your phone late at night in bed once a week, that's probably not going to really cause a problem. But if you do mm. it every single night for 10 minutes, and so the last 10 minutes before you try and go to sleep are absorbing a lot of blue light, it's engaging content, it's kind of stimulating in whatever way, and 
you're finishing your day in a state of essentially comparison, then over time, that will mean that you are marginally more stressed, marginally more tired, marginally getting less sleep. So the following day, you feel like you need to relax more and get more sleep, but you're in the same habit. You're in the habit that got you into that position. And a lot of this conversation, I think, really goes back to the idea of responsibility versus fault. It might not be your fault that we've all been told that we should treat ourselves and we should, you know, allow ourselves to lay in and engage on social media and all of those things, which is all true, but there's a responsibility within all of us to do those things in moderation. Like, Mm. I think of something like, like when, when you think of a physical health condition, something like diabetes, for example, it's not your fault you have diabetes, but it's your responsibility to manage it. It might not be your fault that you have anxiety, but it's your responsibility to manage it and make sure it doesn't negatively impact your life. The same is the case of unhealthy habits. Yeah, and but I think that's what makes it so difficult because obviously if you have like a diagnosed medical condition, to like use that same example, it's something that you know yeah. you have. And so then it's much easier to recognize. Whereas oftentimes like self-sabotage is often happening because of some underlying factor um or I don't know some previous baggage or something that you're carrying like for example if you're procrastinating on a big goal or a big project it procrastination in itself isn't it's a symptom of usually something else that's going on so it could be that you have a fear of failure so if you're procrastinating on it that's something that's obviously going to harm your career progression or your progression towards that goal in the long run Mm -hmm. and I think there's so many factors like that like procrastination negative self-talk imposter syndrome limiting beliefs all of those play into self-sabotage they are all they all make up that self-sabotaging kind of trait that yeah oftentimes you don't realize I mean we've discussed negative self-talk before and it is something that you have to catch yourself with because it's almost unconscious. It's that feeling. It's not even a fully formed thought. It's something that your brain is telling itself. The same with imposter syndrome. It's a feeling that you have, but unless you're not putting it into words and recognizing and challenging yourself on it, you can't challenge that overarching kind of struggle of self-sabotage that you're going to have every time you're working towards some sort of goal. That's the thing, isn't it? You've got to identify it. And that part is such Mm. a challenge. And mm-hmm. it's so uncomfortable. Like when you think of what self-sabotage is, like it's not being on your own team. It's not backing yourself. It's so much of it is actually making your life and your experience harder and more difficult. And so to identify the root of those things, of course, it's going to be so uncomfortable and so difficult. But I think it's like so many things we discuss. If you do the work, if you commit to it and kind of give yourself the grace that, okay, this is going to take time and you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to stop procrastinating today and never procrastinate again, but it's getting into a habit where you go, hold on, am I procrastinating here because I just want this to be perfect? Okay, well, the only way it's going to be good enough is by starting and changing those habits. That's really difficult, but it is kind of the only way to get through self-sabotage and change how you do things Mm -hmm. 
and like I, th- I feel like it helps a bit to remember that self-sabotage comes from like an innate biological response like we you have that initial rush to get to a goal but then the fear of failure triggers that kind of fight or flight feeling to avoid a perceived threat because you're worried about failing or you're worried about not achieving a certain goal or you're worried about letting people down whatever it might be you're worried about it not being perfect to use that example but obviously we're not not cave people anymore our goals aren't usually a threat on our lives so then forcing our brains to overcome fear and recognizing that that is actually self-sabotage is really hard to identify because it is actually like a built-in part of our biological response but then to use like procrastination as an example and this is why it's so important to identify it because procrastination could if you're procrastinating on something it could genuinely be a sign that your body needs to rest it could be your body saying Mm. take a break yes you should procrastinate on this sit down and watch netflix and chill because you've really been pushing yourself hard over the last few weeks or it could be because you're procrastinating because you have imposter syndrome because you want it to be perfect and it's not you're scared to start that's why it's so important to identify what the actual root cause is because all of those things are symptoms they are all like destructive Mm. habits that come from self-sabotage I think as well a really interesting point you raised there is like when you go through the process of identifying why you're self-sabotaging you suddenly get a lot more options so instead of going no I've just got to do this task or no I need to have a day off where I relax watch Netflix, read a book, nap. When you know why you're self-sabotaging, you can, it opens up more options. Maybe it's that you need to go outside for a walk around the block because you really need some fresh air. Maybe it's that you've been sitting at your desk for too long and you're just, you just need a change of scenery. Maybe it is that, yeah, you actually do you really need to rest. But instead of sitting there scrolling your phone, treating that as a quote unquote break, you actually go and lie down for half an hour. And you use it as a bit of a hard reset. I think as soon as you understand why and you get better at identifying whether you need to um, be a bit tougher on yourself, not tough in a negative way, but tough in like, okay, no, you're going to do the hard thing versus no, you're actually going to rest. It becomes easier to understand when you're self-sabotaging, but also when your body's actually crying out for just rest and compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also, I was just thinking along the lines of if you are pushing yourself and you're working towards goals, we've come at this from a very like goal orientated angle, whether that's like career goals or personal goals, but often self-sabotage can exist in relationships. And mm. I think that's a really huge part of self-sabotage. And again, it's all about looking at the root cause of those symptoms. Like mm-hmm. if you're a like if you self-sabotage relationships, is it because you're afraid of rejection? Is it because of a past trauma? Is it because you're, you're, you feel a need for control? Like there's so many different aspects and different areas of life that self-sabotage can impact. And again, it's all part of those destructive habits that you build up. And I think that's the hard part that you can't make it stop overnight. It's not something that you realize you have and you can just stop. It is a practice in self-awareness and mindfulness and kind of identifying those self-sabotaging behaviors and looking out for the the triggers. And part of that process for you might be 
therapy or it might be a more defined goal plan or it might be tracking more closely any unhealthy habits that you've identified like there's a lot of ways that you can help yourself out of that process but like you were saying it's not just it's not something that will just stop and go away it is a a process of like learning and unlearning yeah I think of it almost like um if you've got a new pair of shoes on and the shoes are rubbing, you'll notice that they're rubbing. Like that's the identification part. That's identifying that you are self-sabotaging. But if you don't change your shoes or put on a blister plaster or whatever, the self-sabotaging isn't going to stop. You're still going to continue to do it and hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you have to actively make that change. And often, especially when it comes to something like self-sabotaging relationships, I think that's a really difficult one because it's one of the most confronting things you can kind of try to tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's big, like that stuff is big. And I think if you have people around you who you can talk to about it, then brilliant. But like with so many things, giving it a name helps. And it's something I know I've definitely been very guilty of. I would love to say in the past, but still nowadays. Um, And it's something I'm working on, but it's being able to go. I'm behaving like this because of X, Y, or Z. I'm trying to stop it, but just so you know. And that in itself really helps to kind of level the playing field a bit and keep get have not make someone else be accountable, but give them the awareness to call out your rubbish. And I think so about... It must have been about a year ago now, actually. I read Emma Gannon's book on, it's called Sabotage. It's a short book. I think it's only about 100 pages long. Mm. It's often on things like Kindle Daily Deals and that sort of thing. Um, And it's all about her experience with self-sabotage, but it has some really practical advice and it calls out things that I never even realised were self-sabotage. But if you are really serious about confronting these things in your life, then definitely give it a read I think there's a trope of particularly women who self-sabotage and they're kind of that like quirky fun-loving kind of chaotic muse almost who's like maybe they go out and party a lot and they drink too much and they take drugs and all of those sorts of things yes a hundred percent that is self-sabotaging behavior for a lot of people but for the majority of people it's not as blatant as that. It's not on such a big scale. It's the kind of insidious things, the everyday unhealthy habits we've built over years and years and years that really lead us to sabotage. And I think that that's a really good point about it being those like insidious day-to-day things because when we're talking about like unlearning unhealthy habits and self-sabotage generally, they are all about changing your long-term goals and long-term habits and the reason why it's so difficult is because like we live in a society where instant gratification gets valued so highly yeah and so you have the instant gratification of oh I'm not going to go to the the gym I'll just sit on the sofa instead or I'm going to eat that piece of cake or I'm just going to scroll through Instagram and doom scroll and sit in bed and you get you're getting that instant hit but that instant gratification is ultimately harming you more in the long run and I think that's the really challenging part that you have to accept 
unlearning those sabotaging behaviors is a massively delayed gratification process. It's not until months, years down the line that you see the benefit of those toxic traits, toxic habits that you've like pushed yourself to unlearn. Mm. And I think that's why it's so challenging to identify them and like consistently stick with unlearning them because you've just constantly got this push and pull of instant gratification now or I don't see any results for a long time we're all wired to want that quick dopamine response like that's how platforms like Instagram TikTok that's how they function that's how they work Mm. like Mm -hmm. it's we're fighting against a society that doesn't really want us to win in a lot of ways and I think the other thing we have is that it isn't if we think of how self-sabotage is portrayed if we go back to that trope of the kind of chaotic woman or chaotic man um but mainly i'm thinking of women in this situation because of how it's portrayed as borderline sexy but it isn't really because it's actually just quite sad to watch um the process of her getting through that is often quite quick and she has an epiphany and it's like right i'm not gonna self-sabotage whatever anymore but what it doesn't show is the is the hundreds of little things that have to take place over a long period of time to address it that part isn't sexy and glamorous and cool Mm -hmm. and so we almost don't get those examples and okay say you go right I'm gonna I don't know I go out and I party too much or I don't actually like I say I prioritize my health but then I drink a lot I'm gonna stop doing that so you go, I'm not going to go for after drink works every single week. I'm going to go every other week, for example. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's a great ambition. But actually in the process of going, oh, I can't make it tonight. That's not particularly nice or fun or like comfortable to do always. And that's mm-hmm. the thing we don't often talk about. And I think for anyone in the process now of going, no, I'm going to confront some of these negative habits I have in my life and those sabotaging behaviors it's really tough but like as a bit of reassurance it really will be worth it Mm -hmm. and I think I mean you can practice self-awareness you can have more defined goal plan you can access therapy if you're able to but I think ultimately if you are trying to stop self-sabotage you have to before you do those things or before you make a decision on those things just think does this does doing this thing make me feel good and does it help me not just now but will I be happy that I made this decision or will I be happy that I did this thing in tomorrow in tomorrow a week's time two months time a year's time will I be happy that I made these decisions and I think having that perspective on it can really help identify whether it's a long-term habit that you are comfortable keeping or whether it's something that you do want to change yeah like it's going back that reminder of you can do hard things like yeah you might not fancy going to the gym today but actually that's what's going to help you release stress levels it's going to help you sleep better it's going to make you kind of have that endorphin rush and feel good but there will also be days when you go god I really really need to rest and I think the more you work on identifying those behaviors the easier it is to go no I do need to rest or actually nope I'm going to go do the hard thing because it's kind of like paying it forward isn't it for your future self 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We hope you found this episode um, helpful. And as always, we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic or any other topics that you'd love us to discuss in the future. So you can get in contact with us on all of our details, which are down in the show notes. We hope you have a brilliant week. We will be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. But in the meantime, don't forget that we have over 130 episodes. How insane is that now? We've been doing this nearly three years. Um, So there is a brilliant back catalogue of other things you can go listen to if you um, want something in the meantime. And there's definitely episodes, I think, that will like that are worth re-listening to that you might get something different out of now versus when you first listened to it so mm-hmm. don't forget that is always there if you do actually want to hear more of our voices before next week <laughs> apparently some people do um but have a wonderful week we hope you will stay safe and we will speak to you all soon bye bye